This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's the weekend edition of Intelligent Medicine, wherein we answer questions. 877-726-8255 is our number. And boy, do I wish I had an extra hour or two because lots and lots of new stories, lots of uh, questions came through to us via 877-726-8255. You can record a question anytime during the week. But of course, uh, we welcome your live questions. And one of the themes for questions that I want to elicit today is, have you had a breakthrough infection? Have you had the vaccine? And have you had COVID despite your vaccination status? That's one type of question I'd like to elicit today from our listeners. 877-726-8255. Also, uh, have you had COVID and you've not been vaccinated? Because a lot of people feel, well, I've had COVID. I have natural immunity. That's going to protect me. It's even better than the vaccine. But in spite of having had COVID, have you had a second bout of COVID? Now, that's a reasonable question to ask because, unfortunately, I've seen it. I've seen it in my practice. Patients who've had COVID early in the pandemic They've circled back and had another case of COVID, usually milder because they've had some degree of immunity, but it can happen again. And so if those are circumstances that have affected you or family member, 877-726-8255 is their number, or have you had COVID and have you come down with long COVID? That's sometimes referred to as long haulers syndrome, which means having had COVID but the symptoms don't resolve. You've had long-term problems with breathing, shortness of breath, palpitations, fatigue, dizziness, lightheadedness, can't think straight, brain fog. All manner of symptoms have occurred to perhaps thousands of Americans, perhaps millions, because it's now estimated that around 10% of people who've had COVID will have long COVID. And I broke precedent this week because we usually do our podcasts, our weekday podcasts in a 45-50 minute format. 
But there was so much to talk to with our guest, Dr. Leo Galland, who has written extensively and put up some fascinating YouTube videos on the subject of long COVID that we went for two sessions of 45 minutes. So we have parts one and two as usual, and then parts three and four. Lots to talk about in relationship to long COVID and uh, the hopeful message that he shares with our intelligent medicine listeners is that long COVID can be remediated with natural measures. No, there's no, uh, no fail safe magic bullet drug that, uh, reverses the symptoms of long COVID, but there's certain lifestyle measures that can be extremely effective. So check out that podcast at drhoffman.com or subscribe via, you know, the usual ways you get podcasts uh, via uh, Slacker, uh, via, uh, sorry, <laughs> via Stitcher. Slacker is a good name for you. Maybe, I, yeah, maybe I'll copyright that name. Uh, via Stitcher or via uh, Apple Podcasts, you know, the usual way that you can subscribe to podcasts. 877-726-8255, our number. And, you know, how I know that... Um, there are a lot of people who've had the vaccine who are having a breakthrough infections is because uh, I'm a sports fan and I follow the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees have been very ill-fated in terms of the number of players who've been sidelined with COVID when 90% of the team has been vaccinated. Admittedly, a couple have not been vaccinated and came down with COVID. Uh, one of their uh, hot new stars, uh, Anthony Rizzo, uh, I believe it was from the Chicago Cubs recently uh, traded the Yankees. Um, he came down with uh, COVID, but there's a lot of vaccinated players who came down with COVID. And I, I watched the Field of Dreams game. Did any of you uh, watch that game? It was great because it was done in the middle of an Iowa cornfield. And it was an amazing game. And they wore uh, traditional uniforms. And uh, it was a great vibe, great summer vibe. Um they interviewed one of the Yankee players who was sidelined with COVID, and he had been vaccinated, uh, Garrett Cole, star pitcher for the Yankees. And, you know, they asked him, how you doing? And this is, keep in mind, this guy had been vaccinated. He had COVID after being vaccinated. How are you doing? He said, well, it was a little rocky at first. It was kind of like a bad flu. So not only did he test positive because of a nasal swab that turned up a few particles of the virus in his nasal passages, which is what's called asymptomatic carrier state for the virus, but he was actually sick after being vaccinated and sidelined. So uh, something's happening to the vaccinees. And that's a big concern. And that's what's got the government all scared now, because there, there are a lot of people who are not vaccinated. But even among the vaccinated, the vaccine efficacy is waning. Uh, and that's uh, something that was predicted, that you could take the vaccine in six or eight or 12 months later. Uh, you have less protection against COVID. But also there are variants out there variants that can elude the vaccine protection. There's a headline from uh, New York paper, New York Post, deadly Lambda variant could be neutralizing vaccines, new study says. Uh, 
and it's from South America. Appropriately, they've named it uh, Lambda. It has nothing to do with a Lambada, which is a, some kind of Latin dance. Lambda is another Greek letter, and they're going to be running out of Greek letters. You know, they've got, uh, let's see, uh, Delta, Lambda, Epsilon, and so forth. It turns out that the vaccine is a, maybe a little less effective against Delta, but still somewhat effective. Uh, doesn't prevent infections completely, but it does reduce the risk of hospitalization and death dramatically. But uh, a new variant, the Lambda mutation, and they've got pictures of how it fits uh, molecularly like a lock and key with uh, receptors in the nose and lung. And it appears that uh, the shape of the spike protein is different enough potentially to elude the vaccine. It is ravaging parts of South America. And there's a report, brand new report, that has appeared in, it's kind of a, a pre-release of this report because there's developments are fast and furious on COVID. So something unprecedented is happening in the scientific literature. Stuff is being published but it's not been peer-reviewed. So that means maybe some garbage is being published, studies that are full of flaws, but in an effort to get the information out, there's pre-peer-review publication of stuff. And this July 28th report by researchers in Japan is sounding the alarm on a C37 variant dubbed Lambda. And they say that it's just as virulent as the Delta but it may elude the protection of the vaccine. And a particular concern is that it is now raging in Chile, which the, where the vaccination rate is relatively high. The percentage of people who received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine was about 60%. The problem in Chile is that uh, they've relied heavily on the Sinovac, the Chinese vaccine, which may be less effective than vaccines approved here, Moderna, Pfizer, J&J. And uh, so they're not quite sure whether it's the vaccine used there or whether the mutation is rendering the virus more vaccine resistant. It's uh, there are outbreaks in Chile, Peru, Argentina and Ecuador. And you may say, well, OK, that's in Latin America, but uh, we've got a kind of an open border and some of the people coming across the border maybe from some of those countries or countries adjacent to those countries. And that is a concern because uh, while currently only about 1% of the COVID cases in the U.S. are the Lambda variant, um, that may increase. That may increase with time. So um, lots of um, concerns. Boosters have been approved following the example of Israel, and boosters are now approved for immunosuppressed folks in the United States, older individuals who have suppressed immunity, people who have uh, HIV, uh, people who are on immunosuppressive uh, cancer therapies, booster drugs, a third round of injections are now approved. So um, will the vaccine ultimately prove effective or will we need new vaccines? That is the question as we enter the month of August, 877-726-8255 for questions. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. 
We all know that probiotics are good for digestive health, but your skin, too? I'm Kat James, author of The Truth About Beauty. Common skincare products, especially harsh soaps, can disrupt the balance of the good bacteria on your skin. But there's a progressive new approach to skincare that allows you to create a healthier environment on your skin. Probiotic skincare. Dr. O'Hara applied ancient Japanese fermentation skills to merge his famous pre, pro, and postbiotic nutrients into a revolutionary 100% natural skincare line. The Kampuku Beauty Bar, honored with the Best of Beauty Award by Better Nutrition, beautifully clarifies and rebalances even sensitive skin without drying. The Magaroku Lotion and the Hadayubi Moisturizer combine Dr. O'Hara's award-winning probiotic complex with 14 wild plant extracts plus one of the most skin-compatible emollients known to help restore your natural glow. As a health and beauty expert, I recommend the daily use of Dr. O'Hara's skincare products, available at Sprouts and other fine health stores. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I'm a huge fan of Kyolic Age Garlic Extract Reserve. Take it myself for prevention and recommend it to my patients with high coronary calcium scores, elevated cardio risks, and compromised immune health. Kyolic's Age Garlic Extract Research is impressive with over 870 peer-reviewed published scientific articles. Most compelling are studies demonstrating the slowing of atherosclerosis and those showing antihypertensive benefits, ideal for optimizing blood pressure. Kyolic Reserve also works well with statins to enhance cardiac protection. It's no surprise that Kyolic Age Garlic Extract is the best-selling garlic supplement on the market. Made from organically grown garlic, the aging process makes it completely odorless and it won't upset your stomach. I recommend taking Kyolic Reserve daily as part of your heart-healthy lifestyle. Look for Kyolic Reserve at fine natural health retailers near you. Learn more at kyolic.com. That's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, with you this weekend. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this uh, weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, kids and COVID. Uh, headline from USA Today, more kids are getting COVID. And uh, The Hill proclaims children's hospitals fill up as virus cases soar. So we're going to take a look at uh, the risk posed to kids 877-726-8255, our number. That number available to you uh, 24-7, 365. And uh, we've got some recorded questions, so let's hear one of them. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. Two quick questions. One, what in God's name is taking so long for the FDA to get final approval in place for the mRNA vaccines? It becomes a question of suspicion. What is taking so long? The, there's also a difference in the way approved pharmaceuticals are adjudicated. Is that what they're looking to avoid? Additional liability as a result of approved pharmaceuticals? And yet they're running full speed ahead with approvals for a third dose uh, for immune compromised people. That's okay, but what is taking so long for this final approval? And then secondarily, Dr. Hoffman, how can they possibly say that if you, you have antibodies as a result from the pathogen exposure and resolved and have antibodies, how can they say that's not good enough, you have to uh, go get vaccinated, only the vaccine is good enough? I have some science background, and quite frankly, it, it brings suspicion to mind. God bless you, Dr. Hoffman. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, back at you. Uh, okay, so you know, when it comes to approval, uh, approval for the vaccines uh, was really expedited because I can't think of a vaccine that's ever been developed uh, in 
uh, human history that has been approved conditionally because this is an emergency use, use authorization uh, as quickly as uh, these vaccines. And this is based on preliminary studies, which we know uh, sometimes don't reveal uh, bad side effects that are longer term that occur when millions of people instead of thousands of people get uh, who are in the preliminary study uh, when millions of people in the real world get the vaccine, nor does it uh, shed light on the long term efficacy of the vaccine, which we're beginning to see because at first they said it's 95 percent effective. So great. But now it appears maybe less effective because of waning immunity. Uh, and so uh there's a lot of political pressure to get the vaccines authorized uh, formally, not with emergency use authorization, but full approval. And that would mean that uh, they can then uh, enact more mandates. They can make it, it makes it more likely that they can get, uh, which they're already doing. They're sort of like saying, you know, the hell with the FDA. <laughs> Let's just get the people vaccinated. But it's going to make it even more likely that uh, they can enact mandates because they, these things are fully approved. They've been checked for safety by, you know, the FDA says, fine, go ahead. And so, uh, but it's it's still a very rapid timetable. And I think the FDA is kind of conflicted because they're under a lot of political pressure to approve the vaccines for full use at the same time that they have to exercise caution. It's always like, uh, you know, push-pull when it comes to approving new drugs. Uh, so why aren't antibodies good enough? Why, if you have antibodies, do you still need to take the vaccine? Well, uh, it turns out that um, you can get COVID twice. I mean, it, there's there's no question that that uh, can happen. And it's partially due to, just like with a vaccine, waning immunity, or maybe you had a case of COVID, you don't have the greatest immune system, so you didn't really create the uh, defensive uh, antibodies and maybe T-cell memory that um, pr provide protection against COVID. And so then you get COVID again, usually less severe. Uh, so they had a study that said, look, the debate is over. You really need to get a vaccine. Here's the study that proves it. What the study showed is that if you have not been vaccinated and you've had COVID, you have a 1 in 13 chance of getting COVID again. If you have been if you got the vaccine after COVID, you you have your risk, 1 in 26. It's still a relatively low risk, and we don't know what's going to happen a year or two or three years down the line. It's still a debate as to whether natural immunity is equivalent, inferior, or superior to the immunity that you get from uh, additional vaccines. Uh, so there you have it. You know, it's uh, science in evolution. We're going to see some results eventually. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and it's that time of year again when everyone suffers from some kind of upper respiratory problem. We miss work and feel miserable spending too much time with doctors and pharmacists. That is, unless we protect ourselves and our families with a product that I recommend to my patients. Clear saline nasal spray and sinus rinse. Clear combines the unique properties of xylitol and the health-promoting benefits of a saline nasal spray to help cleanse, moisturize, and soothe your sinuses and nasal passages. Clear helps wash away bacteria, pollens, and other irritants before they have a chance to attack the sensitive tissues in your upper respiratory tract. Clear is easy to use, effective, and safe for people of all ages. Clear is simply your best defense in an increasingly dirty and polluted world. I use it myself. 
You can find clear saline nasal spray and sinus wash at Vitamin Shop, CVS, Rite Aid, and other drugstores, supermarkets, and pharmacies near you, as well as Amazon. Or you can visit Clear on the web at clear.com. That's www.xlear.com. As an intelligent medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com. Back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you this weekend. 877-726-8255 is our number. If you got a question or comment, if you have had COVID and then caught it again, or if you've had a breakthrough infection, having been vaccinated and then caught it nonetheless, we'd like to hear your real-life account of your travails. 877-726-8255. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, kids and COVID in a moment, but this just in. The White House has considered more severe measures, such as mandating vaccines. This is from Associated Press, so it's an authoritative source. White House has considered more severe measures, such as mandating vaccines for interstate travel. Not sure how that's going to work. You know, like you, they have like a checkpoint when you go from when you go across uh, the uh, Verrazano Bridge, uh, or uh, when you go across the uh, GW Bridge, the George Washington Bridge from New York to New Jersey, and they stop you and they check you to see if you've been vaccinated. I'm not sure how that's going to work, or changing how the federal government reimburses treatment for those who are unvaccinated and become ill with COVID-19. So that, think about it. What they are considering is that if you're unvaccinated and you come down with COVID-19, they say, sorry, you're going to have to pay for your medical expenses. Now, (laughs) some people may be amenable to that, to encourage vaccination, but we've never done anything like that. I mean, when I was working at the VA hospital during my medical training, we saw lots and lots of older vets who smoked themselves into oblivion and had severe lung disease. We treated them nonetheless, virtually for free. They were veterans. They earned the care or perhaps they were alcoholics and they had severe cirrhosis but we treated them nonetheless we we took a hippocratic oath to treat everyone we even treated criminals when i was working at bellevue hospital uh they would introduce me to my next patient i would walk in the room and the guy would uh have a bandage on his leg from a gunshot wound and he'd be handcuffed to the bed because he was a perp who'd been shot and we still took care of him with the best possible medical care 
<laughs> so this is kind of wacky. Well, listen, but don't worry. These merely have been discussed as measures to enforce the vaccination mandate. But the administration is worried that they would be too polarizing for the moment. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're not going to be enacted. So uh, let's talk a little bit about kids. Um, more kids are getting COVID headline in the U.S. today, USA Today. And The Hill proclaims children's hospitals fill up as virus cases soar. And indeed, uh, it's true. More kids are getting COVID because we're having a surge. And the New York Times recently ran a story in a 15-year-old honor student with long COVID, which we'll talk about a little bit later, who now can barely think straight and is failing classes. So this concern about COVID in our young people is being invoked to reinstate a mask mandate among school kids and to promote vaccinations in over 12s. And they're pushing for approval for vaccinating elementary school kids and toddlers once the shots uh, receive expedited approval for young children. So we've got a school year coming up and there's a lot of uncertainty about what form that will take. Will there be a return to remote learning? Uh, will there be mandatory mask mandates? And um, it's, it's very, very scary if you're a parent. It's, a lot of, it's like we're a couple of weeks away from going back to school. In some districts, kids are already going back to school. Now, no question, the death or serious illness of even one child is certainly a tragedy. But let's keep a little perspective. Children are very unlikely to suffer hospitalization or death from COVID. And the latest studies show that while pediatric long COVID is a thing, that's after COVID, you it's exceedingly uncommon. It's on the order of one in a hundred or less. And uh, they just did a big study on that showing that it's um, not very common. Although there are tragic instances of kids who just don't feel right after having COVID. And that's not trivial. So even if you don't die, something can be said for not coming down with COVID. But most kids do okay. Um, and, you know, let's look at some statistics on this. The CDC reports around 10,000 young children die each year in the U.S. And the major causes are cancer, accidents, choking, poisonings, drowning, electrocution, gun violence. And regrettably, unfortunately, these days, suicide and drug overdoses. But so far, around 400 American children have died of COVID, which is admittedly terrible. But that is very, very low percentage of the deaths. And for perspective, uh, since 2004 to 2005, flu-related deaths in children reported to the CDC during regular flu seasons have ranged from 37 to 199 deaths, and it spiked to 358 in 2009 to 2010 during the H1N1 pandemic. So the people who say that the flu is worse for kids than, than uh, COVID, no, no, COVID is bad. It's bad as some of the worst flu years, but it's not it's not much worse. And so statistically, COVID is responsible for less than one half of 1% of annual childhood deaths. And, you know, while we're so concerned about COVID in kids, paradoxically, we unleash harmful chemicals into our environment. We feed ultra processed food to our kids. And uh, here's a story 
based on a study that shows that two-thirds or 67% of calories consumed by children and adolescents in 2018 came from ultra-processed foods. That's up from 61% in 1999. It was published in Journal of the American Medical Association, so it's authoritative. Uh, foods like uh, pizza, sandwiches, hamburgers, uh, and uh, rose to 11.2% of calories from just 2.2% in 1999. And packaged sweet snacks and treats such as cakes and ice cream uh, made up 13% of calorie consumption in 2018 compared with uh, just 11% in 1999. So, yeah, you know, we're exposing kids to some real hazards. Um, child obesity is rampant. It affects over 20% of kids 6 to 11. And we inhabit crime-ridden urban zones where homicides, too often of kids and teenagers, are accelerating. So, um, yeah, kids are at risk. Kids really are at risk these days. But part of our problem is COVID-driven excessive intolerance for any harm whatsoever. We want no risk. And I'm quoting here a guy named... O. Carter Sneed, he wrote in an article entitled, What It Means to Be Human. I'm quoting here, you think about the flu, you think about other diseases that could be dangerous or just driving your car, and it feels to me that our risk tolerance is basically zero at this point. And what does that mean? Is the point of human life to simply hide away in a bubble wrap container so that you don't encounter any risk? And... Uh, Here's a very concerning story about the effects of COVID-19 on kids. Now, again, this is a pre-publication. It hasn't been peer-reviewed, and I find the conclusions astonishing. So uh, we need a few weeks to have people review this study, people with expertise in reviewing statistics and critiquing studies to see if it's legit. But the headline here is, Babies Born During COVID-19 Pandemic with low are have a lower IQ study suggests cognitive scores get this fell 27 to 37 points in a road in Rhode Island babies now I, I just find that astonishing how do you drop your IQ 27 to 37 points just because of COVID now and these kids were not sick with COVID they were just born during the pandemic they say preliminary findings by U.S. researchers suggest children born during the COVID-19 pandemic show lower IQ scores than those who were born before January 2020, but the underlying causes are still unknown. And I looked at the study here, and uh, it's a very, very detailed study, but what they did is they tested, now these kids are like one year old, so how do you test the IQ? Of the, well, you know, give them like toys, boxes, I don't know, you know various, uh, see if they listen to commands. Whatever, you know, very hard to test the IQ of a little, little, little baby, toddler. But they say here it may be due to the fact that the first thousand days of a child's life are most crucial to develop. And what are some of the factors? Maternal, mental, and physical health, nutrition. They say the differential is particularly pronounced among the impoverished and minorities. More affluent um, families were shielded from this effect. They say kids from lower socioeconomic backgrounds were hit the hardest. 
Maybe there was family stress. Maybe there was food insecurity. Uh, maybe uh, the kids couldn't go out and play because there was a, a lockdown. But, you know, even if it's not a drop in of 27 to 37 points, perhaps it's less, it's still concerning about the impact this has had on little, little kids during the pandemic. Scary stuff. 877-726-8255, our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. This is Intelligent Medicine. Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman for a suite of professional-grade products from Protocol for Life Balance, which can help support your body's healthy detoxification process. They aid in the elimination of certain environmental toxins from the body, support healthy cellular reproduction cycles and liver function, and promote healthy hormone metabolism. They're available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here with Intelligent Medicine, 877-726-8255 to comment or weigh in or pose a question. Uh, more proof that diet matters in COVID. Uh, this study came out in June, I believe, in the BMJ, formerly the British Medical Journal. It looked at the link between diet and COVID, and it was kind of an ingenious study because... Um, it looked at frontline physicians and nurses in six countries, France, Germany, Italy, UK, and the USA, and they had a high degree of exposure to infectious patients with COVID during the pre-vaccine period. So it was kind of a test case for, okay, they got a lot of exposure, they worked in hospitals, they dealt with COVID patients, and yeah, they had, you know, masks and gowns and all that stuff, but still a lot of hospital personnel got sick. Uh, they looked at the pre-vaccine period, July through September 2020. So the vaccine wasn't involved. So they were vulnerable. And it turns out that of 4,460 individuals surveyed, 568 eventually tested positive for COVID. So that's uh, more than 10%, which is interesting because they had a lot of contact, but only 10% came down with COVID. That's, you know, that's bad enough. Uh, you wouldn't want to take a 10% risk on at your job site of coming down with COVID. But, and they ranged from asymptomatic to severe disease requiring hospitalization. Some just tested positive and they were fine. Others really were knocked out. And each was asked to submit a diet history based on recall. 
those reporting plant-based diets or pescatarian diets, that would be a vegetarian diet with the addition of fish, 73% and 59% lower risk of moderate to severe COVID disease. Uh, So very interesting. Uh, Now, you know, you might say, well, of course, the vegetarians and pesco-vegetarians were probably thinner and less likely to have diabetes or hypertension, which are comorbidities for COVID. But the research is controlled for that. They matched patients in both groups, the, you know, the uh, control group and the sick group. So it wasn't just that the plant-based diet folks were more fit. Uh, Additionally, you might say, well, these were vegetarians. I mean, were vegans. Well, they weren't all vegans. They just ate a lot of plants. So technically, it comprised some vegans, some vegetarians, and some people who included some animal protein, uh, meat, even red meat, in their diet. Uh, so it didn't mean that the beneficial effect was from the exclusion of meat. It meant that they simply ate a lot of vegetables. So there are a lot of studies that show that meat consumption is unhealthy, but they're often bedeviled by the fact that high consumers of animal protein often eat too many processed meats and they don't eat enough healthy amounts of vegetables and fruits. So in this study, the plant-based folks in company a wide swath of pure vegetarians and oval lacto-vegetarians as, as well as vegetable lovers like me who choose to include moderate amounts of animal protein as part of a whole food diet. So um, there you have it. Diet made a difference in the severity of COVID. And what's the reason for that? Well, we'll explore what it is about plants that make a difference. But, um, well, here's one of the things about plants that makes a difference. Uh, Olive oil, really the secret to the Mediterranean diet. Beneficial polyphenols. And we'll talk a little bit about those um, in a while. Do you know that olive oil is at its peak of flavor and nutrition right after it's fresh pressed at harvest time? That's why my favorite olive oil is delivered to me direct from the latest harvest, thanks to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. You, as a listener to Intelligent Medicine, can now try a bottle of their finest artisanal olive oil, which is normally $39 for just a buck, with no obligation to buy anything else. I've been enjoying these Harvest Fresh Olive Oils for years. They're far and away the brightest, most lively, and flavorful olive oils I've ever tasted, and their antioxidants and polyphenols, like hydroxy tyrosol and oleuropein are off the charts because they're fresh from the harvest. They make store-bought olive oils taste dull and flat by comparison. Taste for yourself. Check out this generous trial offer and get your $39 bottle for a buck with no obligation to buy anything else. Visit myfavoriteoliveoil.com. No exaggeration. It truly is myfavoriteoliveoil.com. Myfavoriteoliveoil.com. And uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, vitamin K. Vitamin K uh, is in vogue these days for preventing osteoporosis. It also prevents atherosclerosis. It keeps the calcium where it belongs in your bones and out of your arteries where it doesn't belong. Been saying, growing evidence of vitamin K benefits for heart health. This is from Edith Cowan University. I believe that's in the U.K., 
New research has found that people who eat a diet rich in vitamin K have up to a, get this, 34% lower risk of atherosclerosis-related cardiovascular disease. Uh, and it was about, you know, we, we emphasize vitamin K2. For vitamin K2, the risk of being hospitalized was 14% lower. But also, people with the highest intakes of vitamin K1 were 21% less likely to be hospitalized with cardiovascular disease related to atherosclerosis. Now, a little bit of a catch on vitamin K1. Uh, vitamin K2 comes from fermented foods like hard cheese, which happens to be high in saturated fat and cholesterol, but the K2 is protective. K1 comes from fresh fruits and vegetables. So it may not just be the K1. Uh, it may be that all the beneficial polyphenols that are in the fresh fruits and vegetables that deliver vitamin K1 that resulted in the 21% less uh, reduced likelihood of hospitalization with cardiovascular disease. 877-726-8255, our number. We have another full hour to take your questions and comments. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. Intelligent Medicine. 